Hello everyone, this is Winston Wilson with the Creativity Cocktail. I hope you are doing well wherever you are today. Um, we've got our guest that will be showing up here shortly, Bridget Roberts. But I wanted to take this moment to talk to you about what's going on with the Creativity Cocktail. As you all know, for those of you who've been around for, with us for so long, we have been a really wonderful platform for creators. And I've enjoyed every single moment of it. It's just been a fantastic thing that we've done. And we're coming up on two years since we've launched a Creativity Cocktail. And that is awesome. It's so awesome that we're going to have a celebration around it. We've got, um, like I said, over 90 some odd episodes. We've been downloaded in almost every conceivable country in the world. And that has been such a phenomenal thing to see and to witness. So you will see a message come out in all of the various platforms that we're on that talks about how we're going to celebrate. So we're going to have a, an event. We're ready to kick off our conversation with Bridget Roberts. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hey, how are you? I had a little... Great. Time. How are you today? I am fantastic. Thank you for joining us again, coming back to the Creativity Cocktail. So... Thank you for having me again. That is awesome. Bridget and I have known each other for a long time. So we'll when we get started, we may be going for a minute for those of you who are. <laughs> but Bridget, one of the things I wanted to kick off the conversation with is that so many people out there are separated from what they used to do, right? For the opposite. Mm. And so they might be struggling with connecting with people or finding out how is the best way to connect with people. Um, I myself, I love to be out and be about people. And you, in my opinion, are a master genius on how to connect with people <laughs> and, and how to you stay engaged with people and really developing authentic friendships and relationships with people. And so I wanted you to kick off the conversation today by you talking to the group here, the audience, and keep in mind our audience is all over the planet, so this, this will be applicable to people in many places. Like, how do you do that? How do you do that in general? And then how do you do that specifically in these days? Well, um, just jump right in. <laughs> um, well, for me personally, I cherish every relationship that I have. Um, no matter if I haven't spoken to you for a month or if I talk to you every day, which that's nobody. So don't feel bad if you don't talk to me every day. <laughs> I'm just not that person. Um, but, um, and I have no problem letting go of people. So, um, you know, having that ability to recognize who is, um, for you, um, but who you have been aligned to um, be a blessing to, um, I think it makes it easier to um, maintain relationships that you cherish, relationships that you cultivate over the years. Um, yeah. And let go of the ones that are no good for you or just, you know, have run its course, you know? Yeah, I think that's a key thing. For those of you who are out there, I hope you really... Um, linked into what Bridget just said. So you said those of you who are for you and those of you who are really part of the go forward. I think there's this tendency, especially for those of us who are like entrepreneurs, 
We want to get everybody yeah. to get down and to love what we're doing. We want everybody yeah. to do it. And I think the realization that we know, and you're a marketing um, genius on this, is that we know that we all have an audience. Absolutely. Everybody ain't going to like our stuff. Yeah. And sometimes our audiences change. <laughs> right. Yeah. Our audiences move. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think for me personally, as a person who has been a salesperson at certain parts of my career and just in general in life, because I believe sales is key, you always want everyone to get down. I'm digging it. I like, I like what I want people to like me or like what I'm doing. But it ain't true. You got to find that right person. That's <laughs> <laughs> not true. So, That's true. So, Bridget. well, I had a lot of practice growing up. You know, I grew up with um, four brothers, oh. um, one older and three younger. And having the younger brothers um, resulted in me having to learn patience <laughs> <laughs> and giving me the opportunity at the same time to recognize different personalities and different people and and um, helping you to learn, you know, um, how to accept people for who they are um, and allow people to be who they are in um, in the right environment, whether you have to kind of guide them into the right environment or not. But the, the key is to just recognizing who people are and accepting them for who they are and, and love them or hate them and leave them, <laughs> you know? Uh, you know, you always have a choice. So you either accept it and love who they are for who they are or recognize that that's not you know for you and keep it moving <laughs> was it the deuces <laughs> yeah my long fingers i got I, I used to be called et they used to call me et because my fingers are so long well do it again show, show us your fingers again we got to see the fingers look at that those are those are cool you could be like a hand model or something that's fantastic <laughs> uh, you know one of the things you said there i thought was important and I want someone who's out there who hasn't, say they don't know how to network at all. They're like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen? When the pandemic is over, whether it's July or next year or whenever it is, I want to go out and I want to take my first step. I want to go out there. I want to be out in the world. I'm going to get down with the roaring 2020s. I want to be down with whatever's going on. What would you tell them is like the first step to do? The first step? Um, far as networking? First of all, networking is such a value. You don't want to let something like a year-long, year-plus-long pandemic hold you back from connecting with people. So um, if you haven't been already, you should be, you know, learning uh, other ways like this to connect with people. Um, so... Hopefully you've already done a few Zoom calls or, you know, <laughs> lives or connected with people with your smartphone, even, you know, just FaceTiming or WhatsApp or what have you. Um, but um, what I used to do when I uh, when I would find myself wanting to get into a new industry or um, uh, find myself in a new environment because I moved a few times um, is. I would find out what's going on in the city and just immerse myself in events that I like. So one thing that you most definitely have to do um, first and foremost is know yourself and hopefully in this 
recent time, you've had plenty of time (laughs) to get to know who you are, um, what you like and what you don't like and, um, you know, what speaks to you, what inspires you. And from there, you know, connect to that with the outside world and people will come. Yeah, that is so that is so true. I think that people these days, we have this. We have this need to get out and to be with people. And that's why you see the politicization of everything that's going on. People fighting to do this. There are, there are events where young people are out and they ain't got no mask on. They're like, whatever. You know, there's, there's all of these kind of things that happen. But it's a human need. Like, we want. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. God made us that way. God made us to be able to function and, um, and grow through human connection and love you know so if we don't have that it definitely will drive us crazy but self-love is very important as well um (laughs) so (laughs) like i said it starts with that love yourself first um, because if you don't love yourself you don't know how to love other people um but yeah i definitely understand that urge to want to get out but you know if you love yourself enough you'll you'll weigh the risk and be able to be patient. <laughs> yeah. So self-love. Kind of. So self-love right. is a cool concept that um, that we all should employ. Like, for example, I do things that I've, I never did in the past. Like, I did a, a facial recently. I never did a facial. I was like, How'd you like it? It was you know, I'm, I'm from the spa world. <laughs> oh, yeah. I had this whole little layout and this whole little plan with all the stuff that I had, and it was fantastic. I was like, you know, I get any younger. I gotta keep I gotta keep it all going. So I gotta do that. But Absolutely. So what are your thoughts on self love? What are some ways that people out there can do self love to make sure that they're investing in themselves? Well, definitely that. I mean yeah. <laughs> um taking care of yourself. If you can't afford to go out and get a facial, you just do it yourself. Like just take the time to, you know, actually do the motions and cleanse your yourself and moisturize yourself and you know but the the thing that makes facial so good is the the massage people don't realize that every part of your body is some kind of functioning muscle or uh you know a vessel or vein or what have you and it it can be massaged so you know just take that that time to take that self that self-love like one of the things I love to do is cook for myself. And when I cook for myself, I might be the only person in the room, the only person eating, but it looks like I went to a five-star restaurant. Take a picture. Here's the plate. Yeah, and I do. I do. I have a whole folder in my phone. Oh, yeah? That's cool. You should make a whole, like, what do you call it? Like a, a cookbook or something. Or a virtual cookbook. I probably will soon. <laughs> <laughs> what I like about those facials that I didn't think I would like is that I got this little machine that you put on that you put some water in and it does the steaming thing. And, and the, oh, yeah. And the vapor comes off and I was like, oh my gosh, I've never felt my face before. Like, what the heck is that? <laughs> so phenomenal. It's so awesome. So, Bridget, you are part of the Creativity Cocktail and the Rising Tides Charity. Thank you for being part of what we do. Tell people about yourself. Tell what's going on. Tell them about you are an entrepreneur, model, an artist. You got all this stuff. Tell people about yourself a little bit. All right. Well, first, I want to point out that I come from HBCU. Hold on. I wore my my PV shirt. 
Oh wow. Prairie View A and M University. Oh wow. <laughs> I've never heard of Prairie And this Prairie month View. is I love my HBCU month. So where, where, where's Prairie View? Where's Prairie View? It's in Texas. Oh, in Prairie View, Texas, very oh, country. A and M stands for um, agriculture and I think mechanics. Yeah. Oh, fantastic! That's awesome. So, so tell us about yourself. Draw Bridge Multimedia. You as an actress, all of these things. And by the way, I'm for those of you who are on joining us either now or later. While Bridget talks, I'll share with you her linkedin profile so tell us about that okay um so my business drawbridge multimedia um it it oh hey that's me <laughs> <laughs> um is a multimedia firm but uh focused on graphic and web design i do graphic and web design i've been an artist for quite some time been um fascinated with the arts since I was five years old. That's when I got my first book. I remember this red book to learn me, to teach me how to um, draw dinosaurs. And I might still have that book at my parents' house. <laughs> somewhere. How to draw um, what do you mean you had to, like, it was like how to sketch them or something? How to, how to yeah. So, you know, it, it showed you how to sketch in circular motions. Oh, um, yeah. That was my first cool. drawing. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so I've I've been fascinated by the arts since a very young age, and, and pretty um, talented in with drawing. Um, later on down the line, after I graduated from college with a marketing degree, I went to work for a multimedia firm, and I learned hands-on, you know, graphic design, and um, later on web design. And I used to just do it for friends on the side. Yeah. And, you know, it kind of multiplied. Same thing with um, painting. Like I used to paint to kind of, I'm an introvert, outrovert. You know, I, I thank you for the accolades that you gave me with being a marketing and networking genius. Um, but um, I'm an introvert, extrovert. I like to, I love to be around people, but I'm okay with being by myself too. So um, I, uh, I learned how to um, release some of my emotions through painting and um, then introduce some people to some of my work. And then they started asking for work. So, you know, I sold some paintings and I need to get back to it. <laughs> but um, so I'm just an artist all around. Um, I've been acting since um, middle school, if not earlier, um, competing and just enjoying um theater um when i moved here to atlanta i moved here to gain oh where you get all those pictures from <laughs> this, this is you on, from google this, and me this is all you on google google, google loves you I hate <laughs> um but yeah so um I was a model uh, in Texas uh, and I did some some theater work before I moved here and um, I just wanted a change and decided to um, get a change of scenery. Um, I considered LA, New York, Chicago, Atlanta and Atlanta was the best fit for me. Uh, one of the agencies encouraged me to come out here to get into TV and film. So that was my goal here. and. Um, so um, when I got here, uh, I did just that. I was doing like 
48 hours, 72 hours, no sleep wow. type of schedules with balancing modeling and acting at the same time. And uh, but, you know, I was younger than and I could do it. <laughs> how, how did you do? Um, how did you balance that? That sounds like for those of you out there, the people who are trying to balance careers, right? They got one thing going then they got what they call a side thing going and they're trying to balance those things. How did, how did you, how did you do that? Well, it's not easy. Um, it's, it's not easy. You know, when you're younger, you don't really think about, um, the value of sleep <laughs> and, <laughs> and eating true. and <laughs> stuff right. like that. So, um, I just, that's how I did it, I guess. You know, I really don't know how I did it. But, you know, um, I just, I had schedules. I was determined. And I guess that was the common factor um, in most situations. I was just determined to, you know, get my the experience that that I needed and that I wanted. And um, modeling paid the bills mostly. Because, <laughs> um, you know, I did a lot of runway modeling. People think that that's easy sometimes and it's not it's, it's it's hard work even though they tell you you know um you're a hanger and you know it's, it's all about the clothes and, or whatever you're modeling um but it, it's usually long days um when you're doing showrooms and stuff so um but anyway it sounds like <laughs> it's got its up and downs right it's fun parts and it's other yes yes oh i love it but yeah um definitely need a pedicure afterwards and <laughs> you know some, some good old downtown but when going i was back self, trying going to, back to self-care right pedicure exactly <laughs> yes but when i was trying to gain more experience in tv and film it was like a, you know i gotta take every opportunity that is given to me and um you know just absorb everything that i can so you know, I was just super duper determined to um, make a name for myself out here. And I have been doing it awesome. <laughs> slowly, but surely. Awesome. <laughs> I, th I think that one of the things I love about what you said, and I, I hear from people all the time, is that they start something. And then when it's not going, they create some kind of, they create like a, a goal that they want to like get an Academy Award in a, in a year or something. And then when it doesn't go that way, <laughs> right? I'm being sarcastic, but you know, and but when it doesn't go exactly that way, then they immediately start to give up. And it's something about the word you use, determined, is so important for people. You know, there are people who are succeeding at any point of their life where they started something when they were in their latter years and or when they're younger. You just got to keep mm -hmm. going with that. What, what do you think about that? Absolutely. Um, yeah, you just have to know that um, what's for you is for you and what's not for you is not for you. Uh, appreciate the the um, times when God removes something from you, even though you don't think that, you know, it should be. Um, but um, I've, I've learned in my experience that later, later on, down the line, um, it all aligns and and it turns out to be for the best. Um, but yeah, what's for you is for you. So um, if it doesn't come at a time that you expect it, then it's probably not the time for you 
to, you know, accept it. Um, and just the, the thing that I think is most valuable um, for people in, in those journeys and those growth periods is to be aware of what you're doing in the meantime. Like, what are you doing between the time, you know, you set that goal and the time God actually brings you to, you know, that end game or, you know, the pivot or what have you. Um, you have to prepare, like always prepare, like always rehearse or practice um, in whatever you're doing, whether it's, you know, building your business, um, whether it's, like you said, networking to just know, let people know who you are and what you're about, what you stand on and, um, you know, allow people to allow God to continue to align you with the people that will bring you to that major success that you know that is in your destiny. So yeah. make sure you think about the meantime. <laughs> right. The meantime. Yeah, like everyone's got to take a step. I tell people all the time, like every day you got to do something about whatever that mm -hmm. goal is. Or if you've got a business, you can't let a day go by where you're not doing something about it. Uh, right. Like, and when you, yeah, I was going to say, and when you don't, um, when you let all these days go by, when you, when you're not doing anything, that's when you start getting overwhelmed and you start doubting yourself and not knowing where to start, not knowing what step to take. Um, and, and then you just, you know, let fear um, creep in and slow you down and make you procrastinate even more. And it just to pick up a foot, <laughs> like right. I posted on Instagram, you know, pick up a foot, put pick it in front forward. of the other one, lean forward <laughs> and start. <laughs> That's just so, that is so important for all of you who are listening yes. out there. Uh, this world will try to distract you pretty, Absolutely. pretty quickly. People, to what Bridget was saying earlier, can try to distract you. You know, they may be for you or they may not be. You do need to help people, but some people will, will try to take you in a path that's not on your path that you're trying to right. get to. This is so important. It's such an important concept for people. Because these days, with all of the stuff that's happening to every single one of us, like, stuff didn't end with technology, for example, right. <laughs> like, you know, for example, like I get as much mail now as I did before technology. Mm -hmm. I get as much email <laughs> now, if not more, than before people came up with messaging apps. Right. So they were like, oh, this is going to replace us. No, nothing's replacing nothing. You're just getting more stuff. And so you've got to figure out how do you connect the connected dots, but eliminate some of those dots and say, you know, this is my path. Every day, I'm going to take 15 minutes and do something. Or, or yeah. This. That, that is so Absolutely. Cool. And to that point also, um, one of the things that you learn in marketing and networking um, that is the most invaluable way to spread a word is by what? Word of mouth. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> if you're not, you know, not only connecting with people to let them know who you are, but also maintaining who you are and your integrity, dignity, you know, yeah, um, all and, of those things. Yeah. 
yeah all of those things then you know you don't know what what word is going to be spread <laughs> about you you want to make sure that you know um you represent yourself the way you want to be represented um when you're not around so and when somebody does come around and try to you know be negative and bring you down the people that they're talking to that knows you be like what uh, no, i don't think so that's not that's not the bridge that i know that's not the winston i know that's right. Uh -uh. <laughs> right. you create you <laughs> the real create the real energy that exists out there i think sometimes right. we've got like this false energy where we think that because somebody liked our thing you know ten thousand times that means that they like us <laughs> it doesn't really mean that it, it just means mm -hmm. that they like that thing it doesn't right. mean that they know you the real you and because they didn't like it 10,000 times that doesn't mean that people don't like you and and, and I, I've, seen, right. I've seen some studies there especially with young people that they've gotten really kind of wound up with that where there's some young people who feel depressed if certain things that they do don't get responded to a certain way and unfortunately that's the world that they grew up in yeah. like they didn't grow up like we did where you right. actually have to go outside to play <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you actually have to you know connect with if you don't have you know neighbors that you connect with and family members that you know you can hang out with and play with you know <laughs> that's right and they, they that's right they've lived their life in a screen yeah. My four year old niece, she she's got nothing but screens in her life. She's got three tablets and she's only four years old. Mm. Like what that's a lot of wow. what happens if she what happens if she doesn't if the internet goes down or electricity goes down? Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like my, my younger brother, my youngest brother is seventeen years younger than me. So we live two completely different, we grew up two completely different ways. Um, he had a PlayStation when he was five years old. <laughs> I, <laughs> I never had anything other than the Mario Brothers. That's right. <laughs> I mean, not Mario Brothers, but you know, Nintendo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, so. Yeah, go ahead. I was gonna add something. Yeah, I was, I was just saying, so, you know, it's it's just a whole different world with how um technology has grown so vastly over the years um it it doesn't seem like you know it's been that long ago but you know just my little brother who's only 17 years well not only that's a lot, a lot of time <laughs> in between but who's 17 years younger than me like we have two completely different dynamics of growing up we we had two different parents who are you know sets of parents who are actually the same parents but you know they yeah were, probably just, yeah. They, they were grown up themselves oh, changed themselves 17 years apart exactly wow yeah you know one of the things i, I i'm not against screens i'm actually for screens these days because you know i like technology i like to be able to see things. I had a I know. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you have everything. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for saying that. I have a great I had a great grand aunt that I didn't know mm -hmm. was alive. But someone let me know she was alive. She's 106 years old. And she passed Oh wow. She passed us the other day and she had this big 
amazing funeral in the country of, you know, in the country parts of Jamaica, where my family's from and I'm from. Yeah. And one of the relatives there streamed it for us all to see. And so we had people from England, Canada, the United States, that she had wow. were all part of her family, right, over these 106 years. And it was over 100 people on this Zoom call watching her service. And I was like, wow. that is an amazing thing about technology. It, and it was, to Absolutely. me, it was unbelievably, it was as much as it was sad to see her pass, she has left such a legacy of so many people. Um, in yeah. Life. 106 Jamaicans talking on one Zoom call is a, is almost like a, a funny story. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but it was it was it was awesome to hear so many people from all over the world doing. I'm saying this to say that there's a, an amazing upside with yeah. technology that that exists. Absolutely, it's helped my business quite a bit. Um, not only you know with with graphic and web design, but also with, you know, acting, like that's the new norm for, you know, auditioning. If it's not an audition tape, it's like, you know, via Zoom. Um, I mean, we're starting to, to edge back in. I just um, went down the Beltline yesterday or the day before yesterday and they were out filming something um, in one of the buildings right off the Beltline. Um, so, you know, but, you know, you have to get tested multiple times before you can intercept and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, um, this still like one of the directors that um, I'm working with um, on a documentary. And I know I didn't go into all of the things that I'm working on, but um, I'm working on a documentary also with um, director Hakeem Robinson. And um, he is um, working on his Ph.D., um, in film, and I uh, wait a minute. Dude. He was still Hakeem has been on the creativity cocktail, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that one, <laughs> he's a great, great guy, man. He's fantastic, yeah. We were filming some interviews for our documentary, and um, he was showing us like the new normal for filming in on some projects, like they would send a ring light. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. an iPhone um, uh, 11 uh, to the actor and you pretty much have to set up you know per instructions and do your part of the scene wow. <laughs> from wherever you are with a ring light and iPhone wow. um, isn't that cool though but it's amazing yeah it's so amazing how we are able to adapt as artists uh, and even you know in the corporate industry for some <laughs> they were able to adapt as well yeah. um others not so so successfully but um starting to you know realize that you know you have to you have to adapt to the times today <laughs> you have to adapt to technology um if you want to keep people employed if you want to keep your business running you know i get this i get this feeling and i want you to give me your thoughts that even after the pandemic, whenever that is, and we're all out doing our thing, right? We're traveling all over the world, we're having a blast. We're still going to be using technology <laughs> the same way we are today. We're still gonna be having Zoom and all these other things. People are gonna be like, yo, we gotta do both of them. 
we can't like go back. Yeah. You know, we can't go back to the days where everyone's got to go work in some office all the time. It's not gonna work that way. I don't think so. Which, what do you yeah. Yeah. yeah, you're absolutely correct. Um, it's been great for me because some of my clients are not here. A lot of my clients are not here in Atlanta. So if I wanted to meet with them in person, I couldn't even if I wanted to, in, unless I spent a whole lot of money to fly out there for what, you know, when I can just set up a Zoom call and I can share my screen like you did earlier and show my work and, you know, um, yeah, and get edited and feedback and all that in, in that way. Instead of yeah, I had a reading of a, of a play, and I, over the years you've been so supportive of me. You've been to several of my readings, um, and I had one last year on Zoom, right on, on a Zoom reading, mm -hmm. and I had a hundred. Yeah, and I had a hundred people. You were there in spirit, at least. You were there. <laughs> 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 um, and so I had a hundred people join it, and. Uh, a lot of oh, people. Yeah, did that. A lot of people weren't from the Atlanta area. I had a lot of people from New York. I had some people from parts unknown, Canada, and all of these other places. I was like, now that's a dope thing. And I'm part of some writing groups and some theater groups. Like, how do we figure that out? Like, I'm I'm a board member of the Atlanta Black Theater Festival, and last year the whole thing was a virtual thing, and we were mm. able to do bring performances from Ghana into the Atlanta Black Theater Festival. That's awesome. Now, if it's at the Port of How Santa, did you do it? We, we did it, used a, we used a tool called StreamYard. Um, oh yeah, yeah. I, I used that last yeah. last week with um, the interview I did with Young Black Filmmakers. Yeah, it's a, it's a cool tool. I'm thinking about the tool I use today, just for those of you who know, I'm using a tool called Ecamm, which is kind of linked to a Mac. It's awesome because you know you can make it like a TV show and you can do all these sound things. But I'm contemplating heavily with StreamYard. StreamYard does some cool things that I'm really into. Yeah. Um, so we were able to bring this all of these guys from Ghana and their plays on. And we had thousands of people looking at this play online. And I was like, now, if we were doing at the Port of Sanford in Decatur, we, it would have been hard to bring them people from Ghana to, to Decatur Absolutely. To, to make that happen. <laughs> and so there's, yes. there's a decent likelihood that this year we will have some combination of being outside or being at a, the theater and then still mm -hmm. having this virtual component because it was it was beautiful. It, it really was. Yeah. I had um, the honor of taking part in um, the Peachtree Village International Film Festival last year. And it was their 15th anniversary. Um, it was amazing. It was totally online, all virtual. Um, via um, filmocracy and um they had over a million views on the first night wow. it was um i think five nights um five nights of events they had over 50 films that they were showing um you know uh dj parties a couple of nights and and all that all virtual i think i remember that because <laughs> i remember the dj parties i was like no that's that's pretty awesome, yeah. right? That, that awesome. That, that's a business. You can party safely. Yes, that's right. That's a business that's flourished, I think, over this last year or so. DJ virtual parties. They're just absolutely. You know, everyone knows D Nice, but I know some guys from New York who are been their whole life has been DJs. 
and they would DJs yeah. for corporate events and for you know those kind of things. Now they DJ virtually, mm-hmm. and the audience has expanded. You know, in such a so. What else are you up to? I know you talked about the films that you're into right now. How's everything else? What else you got going? I have some pretty interesting things going on. Um, Like I said before, I'm working on a documentary about um, Frank Adu. Um, He was is an American actor. um, Passed away in 2018. Um, He's actually the uncle of Hakeem Robinson. Um, Yeah, and but he is he was an amazing actor. I've spoken to great um, legends like Oba Baba Tunde and Garrett Morris, Mr. Bill Duke, about Frank Adu, and they all remember him vividly <laughs> and um, just had such great things to, to say about him and his craft and his love for the craft and how much his love for craft elevated their um, skill in acting. Um, Frank Adu is not a name that is known heavily amongst, you know, the audience because most of his roles were um, featured roles or, you know, um, one-liners or something like that. Um, but he's been around for so long and he was an activist as well. So we're doing a documentary about him so that people will know more about him and um, his work than um, hope to create a series of, of documentaries of actors and actresses and artists similar to his story. Um, I also have a project that I'm working on um, with a friend. It's a, a, a dating, online speed dating, not, not online speed dating, but speed dating. Um, it's called Dating in the Dark. And um, she started an event called Dating in the Dark um, where um, each person would be blindfolded. <laughs> so you don't actually get to see the person that you're um, speaking to during the speed dating. Oh, wow. You actually have to hear what they're saying and you know connect with them um, through communication. And not like a, physical like appearance. The voice, like the voice for dating, like the, the singing show, the voice, but dating. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of, mm-hmm. yeah. Wow. Um, so, uh, yeah, we're uh, expanding that here to Atlanta and um, working on a few um, virtual projects with that. Um, People going to be all into so that. So, I'm super excited about that. Yeah. We're be all into that because, you know. Yeah, absolutely. They're always into um, dating shows, but dating shows where people are just communicating that way. Because I'm sure there's some right. reveal at some point, right? At some point in the show, there's a, there's a yeah. reveal. Yeah. That's, people absolutely. Will be into that. yeah. Absolutely. I'm super excited about um, the connections that we've made and, um, you know, just the journey that we've taken. I'm, I'm kind of new to it. I'm bringing, you know, some marketing and, and, um, some, you know, uh, media connections and industry connections to it. So I'm super excited to be a part of it now. And then also I just recently connected with a writing team. Um, and I'm working on a sitcom pilot That's awesome. about, 
my life. <laughs> that is fantastic. Yeah. Not so much about me, but just my family dynamic and <laughs> the craziness. Your, your four brothers. Growing, right? You say you ain't got four brothers growing up in Beaumont, yep. Texas. I remember Beaumont, Texas. Uh-huh. You can't forget that. Yep. So that, that's, ooh, that's great. Right. Wow. And then, uh, yeah, just growing up with my parents and all that stuff. It's going to be really interesting. We're going to touch on a lot of the issues that are going, that are being, um, oh, um, brought forth today. Like, you know, financial literacy, colorism within families, um, um, therapy, you know, mental health and uh, all that good stuff. So I'm super excited. That's awesome. You touched on something that you made me think about my own life and colorism. So when I was younger, my complexion was much different. It was I was much lighter than I am today. I don't know. Really? Yeah, I was, I was very- I was the opposite. Oh, really? I was red. <laughs> <laughs> I got lighter. My, I think my I've daddy gotten, used to say, oh, she gives me her color and I just got lighter. <laughs> I've, gotten, I've gotten old. As I've gotten old, I don't know what it is. It's just a genetic thing. But I remember being mm-hmm. young and really having to get teased or people would say things about my mom and me because my mom is much darker than I am. Mm-hmm. Even though I look like her in my face a little bit. They were like, wait a minute, is that your baby? Because <laughs> I was so light-skinned and she was so opposite to that. And and I remember wow. going to school and being around family functions and I was like the only person of my complexion in the entire family. They'd be like, oh yeah, look at him, he ain't right. Is he part of the family? Like weird colorism things like that that I never really yeah. thought of until you just mentioned this. This is a whole litany of things. And I was like, why, why was that a thing? Why was that an issue? You know, it comes to find out that oh. I had a grand, great grandparent that was that same complexion. So they must have had a latent gene that got all the way down to me. But I was just like, mm-hmm. yeah. and I know a lot of people have to deal with that, not just about being lighter skin, but in the reverse, right? Being darker than the rest of the Right. Family. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, or not being recognized as your race at all. Yeah, <laughs> I can I can um, relate to the teasing. I had a boyfriend um, back in the day, uh, in adult years, but you know it's been a while. But he used to call me twenty eighty. I was like, "Call me twenty eighty, because you twenty percent black and eighty percent white." <laughs> okay, if I was. Why would that be an issue? <laughs> what does that get to do? But with I'm you? not. Yeah. <laughs> and um, it's the same like you. Um, I'm lighter than my mom, and my mom is the lighter side of the family. Um, but I think that I get a lot of my features from her mom um, and my great grandmother. Um, whereas my my mom gets a lot of her features from my grandfather and his side of the family, who are more red, <laughs> native, you know. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so um, you know, 
I get it all the time. I went to a hairdresser um, one time and I showed her a picture and I was like, I want my hair like this. And she was like, okay, we got to have a come to Jesus. I was like, what are you talking about? She's like, we got to have a come to Jesus. This is a white woman. And we're talking about your hair texture. I was like, this is not a white woman. This is me. Like, this is me. And I've had this hair <laughs> style before. So I want it again. Oh, wow. <laughs> What an interesting thing. Wow. She thought that was another person. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that that is a test to my modeling, too. I have many faces because of modeling, well, as you showed let's, let's on the back, screen earlier. Let's go back and show it again. Look at that. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> let's go. So, yeah. She was looking at the curly stuff in the corner. <laughs> and she was like, uh, I can't do that. Like, yes, you can. <laughs> It's been done before. <clears throat> that is an interesting thing. I hope those of you, if, if every black person out there has had to deal with colorism at some point. So either it was them specifically or they were the perpetrators of saying something. Right. Yeah. And, and it's so interesting because we as black people, we're just so awesome. We come in so many shades what? and sizes. <laughs> You know, and you know, complexions and hair textures. We got all this going on. Sometimes I, I, I don't understand why we get so weirded out because people are afraid of us. Because we don't. We got all this stuff. <laughs> we got, well, right. Anytime we get connected with any other group of people, we dominate. <laughs> so yes, we definitely I, stand I, out. <laughs> so I can see why people are getting, you know, getting afraid. And I was like, why is it so mad? Like, dude, every time you walk in a room, people are going to know it's you. They're going to be like, yo, they're not just, they're going to look at you and say, oh, you're black or they're going to have the negative stereotypes. They're going to feel your power. Right. Just walk So in love it and embrace it. That's right. Yeah. Just, just love it and embrace it. And so I, I want to tell you publicly, thank you for all your help you've done for me and um, and for the Rising Tides charity, the Creativity Cocktail. I, I announced this before you um, appeared on our show today, is that we're going to be having a celebration of our two-year anniversary of this particular podcast. And, and oh, wow. And so we're going to be coordinating. It's been two years already. Yeah. And <laughs> it's, it's so interesting and so fun to hear that people from all over the world are following our podcast. You know, we get people. That's awesome. Australia. And I look at like the weird stats and it's like all of a sudden we'll have a bunch of people from Russia look at it. And then we'll have some people from Nigeria look at it. And we'll have some people from South America look at it. And, you know, and they'll look at it in clumps and bumps, you know, all of a sudden it's like 12 people in one day <laughs> and I was like that is cool people are hearing the message about you know to create our, all of our creative paths all over the world so I said why don't we celebrate that's awesome why don't we have fun my hope would have been to Bridget that we would do it like we would do in the past 2019 we would do it in that way but I don't know uh, you know I've been caught too many times saying yeah this is going to be over by a certain date and it ain't over right <laughs> If you right. remember at the beginning of the pandemic, he was like, yeah, no, it's going to be cool by May. No, it wasn't cool by May. And so. Right. Well, that's that. I mean, I think that it's hard to predict because you can't control people. You can't control the masses in that way it's here in America. <laughs> you want to say um, that, but that, <laughs> in America, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm from Texas. They wilding out there, too. Um, so, yeah, it's 
I think that, you know, the predictions would have been accurate if we would have listened, <laughs> if we would have stayed home and, sure. you know, um, it, well, listen to the experts and not the idiots, um, <laughs> you know, telling us MS were not important, you know, um, you seriously, know, though, like a lot of people's lives have been lost because I have you know a, I have a theory on this and information. I don't know if it's true or not, but it seems like everybody was moving towards the same path initially. You know, like January and February, mm -hmm. like yo, we gotta beat this, we gotta all do it. Even here in right. Atlanta, things were locked down. And then they started to report, and I blame some of the media for this, they started to report that well, black people are more affected and than by the pandemic than other groups and the same thing with hispanics and others oh they're all getting it more and a dime more which is true but i think it right. relates to, to, to other people like yeah it ain't our problem so i'm gonna take mm. off my mask i don't care mm. i'm gonna go about good my point because <laughs> it ain't got nothing to do with me and and it wasn't affecting us at black people because the virus was attacking us more because it don't care about which human it was going to. Exactly. It, don't, it was yeah. just going to us because we ain't got as much health care money exactly. to do stuff. So, And we were in the front lines. A lot of us are in working at supermarkets or in hospitals yep. and all that stuff. So we were in the front lines of it. It wasn't because we were black. But I'm telling you, I can almost mm -hmm. clearly see the day that the news started to show that. All of a sudden, people in certain states was like, forget that. I'm mm. taking it off. I'm going to go put on my Confederate flag or whatever it is. I'm going to go do it because it ain't about me. It's about some other people. It just proves, proves the, the point that a lot of organizations have been trying to make this whole time is that, you know, they don't care about black people. They don't care about black women. They don't care about black and brown and yellow people. So, you know, um, instead of um, being a united country in the United States, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, it divided like, like we was back in the fifties, you know, forties, fifties and sixties dividing sort of, people. Which is sort of what some people wanted. They wanted us to get separated. And, and then we started mm -hmm. to have like these 50 state plans, which always sounded dumb to me. Like I know we have 50 United States in the United States, but it always sounded dumb to me because in the United States, it's one of the few countries you can just go to another state because you feel like it, right? You can right, just, yeah. So both of us have families <laughs> that are not in our state, so we can just go whenever we want. So it's not really True. states are separate like that. So you can't like make a plan for one state and make a plan for another state because people just right. keep going places. And we mm -hmm. it's so easy for us to go. We could just drive. To wherever we want to exactly. go. Exactly. Oh, so I'm saying yeah. to myself, the 50 state plan, that can't be right. And it, it wasn't right. It didn't work out right at all, in my mm -hmm. opinion. I haven't seen my family in over a year and going close to a year and three or four months. For me, Bridget, and probably for a lot of people who are listening to us, that's a really long time. It is, yeah. I couldn't do it. Yeah. I when it when it first led up a little bit, um, in the summertime last year, I went to Texas for my birthday, but I didn't fly. I drove all the way there um, by myself. 
And I was determined to see my mama because she kept bugging me. She was like, what are you doing for your birthday? You going to come see us? Or you want me to come out there? What you going to do for your birthday? <laughs> so I told her like the day before, I'm coming to see you, mama. She's like, okay, what you want me to cook? <laughs> you know you were driving. Everything. Down. When she said that, she's like, you don't got to be out there. Now you're hitting the road. <laughs> right. So, but when I got home, it was, I stayed there. You know, I stayed at my mama's house. Um, a few people came to, to visit, but, you know, we were contained. We were in our our backyard, literally, you know, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> and, you know, I, I have so many people that I know and love in Texas, not just in Beaumont, but in Houston, which is just an hour and 30 minutes away, 15 minutes away. Um, and I didn't go see them because, you know, first of all, the trip was more about my mama than anything, <laughs> my mama and my dad, you know, seeing them. Um, but, you know, but also because there was still a very real pandemic out there. Like, I love to see everybody like I usually do. But, you know, I, I just made that trip just so that I could see my parents. And I'm grateful for that time. But, you know, um, at as it got worse, I got, you know, um, I quarantined myself again. Like, you know, I was supposed to go home for the holidays and I didn't because I just didn't want to risk it. My parents are older, you know, um, I have a lot of young kids in my family and, you know, I was just, no. First time. Y'all, in, y'all can see me later. <laughs> first time in 10 years, I didn't go back to see my family for Christmas. It was 2020. Yeah. It was kind of a weird feeling. It was like, you know, because you were like, all right, I'm going to take some time off. I'm going to try to work on myself, going back to self-care and all that. I was like, I'm going to yeah. do that stuff. But it just didn't feel the same. Christmas mm-hmm. didn't feel the same. I don't think for anybody on the earth uh, you know, who yeah. follows that, who's part of Christianity. I was like, it just felt weird. And I was saying to myself, yeah. and, you know, I, I figured out, I figured out how to get my parents on, you know, just finally get on Zoom. I sent them an iPad years ago, and they never opened it. I was like, open up your iPad. I mean, that thing cost me some money. So I finally figured out how to get my dad to actually use it. And so um, that goes back to the silver lining about this whole thing, right? So, yeah. you know, so as much as it was, it's been bad for many, and my parents are in their 80s, I feel so blessed. They got their first shot a couple of days ago. Mm-hmm. When they get their second shot, they, you know, my mom is like, yo, I'm coming through. I'm, I'm getting on the plane. She's 80, <laughs> she's 84 years old. And she's like, I'm coming. I'm, I'm coming. I was like, All right, mom, hopefully, hopefully by then, Georgia will get us act together. And, mm. and we will actually get vaccines at that point. Um, so as I speak here, we are in mid-March. And Georgia is probably one of the slower states when it comes to that. Mm-hmm. But we're open <laughs> for major events like All Star <laughs> weekend. Oh gosh, I saw some videos of that, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, these young people!" I don't know. It's <coughs> not just young people. That's true. <laughs> was it wasn't just young people. I was trying to say to myself, at that time, if I was like around their age, and this thing had happened, would I stop what I was doing? Or would I quarantine myself or would I keep having fun? I can't go back and ask Winston from 20 years ago whether that would be the case or not. 
I, I get the I know answer. I would. I would have been at home. I, I had good sense then. I got good sense now. <laughs> I, I might not have had such good sense. I don't know. I might I might not have. I'm like, well, yeah. 20 years ago is probably not a good barometer because my son is a little over 20 years old. So that, but maybe a little bit back further. <laughs> but I was just saying to myself, would I have had the sense? Or what if there's been some party or something going on? I would have done it. So I say that to say that as bad as it was that they did that, I don't, I don't know if I fault them that much because young people they want to be young, they want to go out, they want to do stuff. The what we started out this conversation with about this real compelling need to be around people is powerful. Yeah. You know, there's a reason why they put prisoners in solitary confinement because it drives them mad. You yeah, know, like it drives me mad. Like when I have to work at home for a long period of time, it. it mm-hmm. You said you're an introvert, extrovert. I might be this flip of that, where I've got to be around it. Like I can be by myself, but when I'm not around people for a while, I tell you, I literally feel like I'm going crazy. Like I, <laughs> you know, like I do crazy things. Like I'll put on a, uh, I'll put on a vlog on a YouTube channel with somebody just walking around a city, just so I feel like I'm around people. <laughs> you know, those, those people who take their phone on this little gimbal and they'll walk around the city cool. and just film themselves walking around other people, not saying anything, mm-hmm. just walking around. And I do it yeah. I'll for Japan, for New York, for Atlanta. I just want to see what's going on. I got to be around. That's you know, super cool. <laughs> I might have to try that. <laughs> you know what? I've been, one of the shows that I've been watching lately is, um, I just started watching it. Um, the Handmaiden's Tale, Handmaid's Tale. Yeah, I watched the first season and saw that thing. I was like, "Oh my god!" And now that I think about it, it's, like, it's oh, crazy. Yes, it, it, yeah, it it's crazy. But I can't stop. <laughs> but one of the things in one of the episodes, um, one of the handmaids had to um, be in a hospital room to pray for her. Uh, walking partner or shopping partner i forget what they call them walking partners i think mm-hmm. and the walking partner was um she was in a coma she was unconscious uh, or brain dead or something like that and the doctor had to come in and stitch um the the live one up she was in there for like months wow. <laughs> nearly i never saw her eight <laughs> i'm pretty sure they fed her something and i saw eventually a, a bed in there for her but she was in there for months and the doctor one of the, the doc the doctor said something that really uh stood out to me he said the brain atrophies in isolation and so i get what you're saying like you know it's, it's not just you. Everybody, anybody would go crazy if they sounds, just, they were isolated and, and. That sounds real. You know, you see it in the movies, you see, you know, with people who, um, hoarders, you know, um, some, some hoarders. I, I've seen, I saw a movie a while ago. There was a hoarder and he was a, um, a veteran and. He had papers everywhere, but they were all set up like forts. <laughs> so, you know, it was almost like he was living, 
living his uh his war days over and over again you know but he, all his windows were blacked out because he nobody he didn't want anybody to see him and stuff like that you know it might start off small like something like this <laughs> um and then you know you just kind of get more into your head and so it is like you said it's very important to connect with people for our health mentally physically all that um but yeah that really stood out to me the brain atrophies and isolation remember that people yeah don't isolate yourself atrophy wow i never knew that you know i had a guess that that might be the case but i didn't know that for a fact that that's because your your body will atrophy if you don't do stuff right if you're sedentary you yeah muscles will absolutely. atrophy. all of those kind of things will happen and but your brain does too in isolation you're right i think the neurons in our brains fire when we're around different people Mm-hmm. It's so awesome. energy, right? Yeah, it's so awesome to have you as always. You are a phenomenal person. Anything you want to talk about in regards to how people can reach out to you if they want to know more about you or your business or what you're up to, how can they how can they reach out to you? Uh, I have a lot of things in development in the works. Um, one of the the um, good results of kind of being in quarantine just helping me to focus myself away from distractions and you know starting on projects that I have been wanting to start for quite some time and um, and then connecting with people um, on projects that you know I can add value to right now um, the way that I can be reached is on my Instagram at Bridget.roberts um, or at uh, freckle me the number two def d e f <laughs> freckle me two death. <laughs> that, that is the coolest Instagram <laughs> handle I've ever heard. Also, we're building a um, Instagram page for Frank Adu. It's at Robinson Frank Adu, um, and Adu is A D U. Uh, at Robinson, as it's normally spelled, Frank, as it's normally spelled, and I do. Um, so you can follow us on that, and we'll start um, posting more about our documentary and our progress. We should, we're should we actually going to be traveling to New York at the end of this month to um, do about 10 interviews. We're super excited about that. Um, one of the things that he did was start this organization called AJAZ, um and um it was through activism and um you know bringing uh, black people of the arts together that uh, they built this community of uh artists and thespians and um and models uh to push you know black history and um afro um history and love you know for yourself and and the culture so we're super excited about that (laughs) as always you are um incredible it's great to have you i say this thank you you're you're welcome i say this a lot on this show to people and this is more applicable now than what i've probably said in the past that each one of you out there you are already a masterpiece you just are. Mm. You just got to keep painting every time you do something for your business, for
for your arts, for your creativity, it's like painting a little brush stroke on that masterpiece. And so the cool thing is you just gotta keep painting brush strokes. You just gotta keep making it better. And the reason why it's most applicable here is that British is British Britain uh, Bridget is a fantastic <laughs> artist. She is wonderful. And so not that you're British. But you know, Bridget is a British sounding name. Well, (laughs) I actually found out my mom did one of those um, ancestries. My dad did too. And um, yeah, part of her heritage is British heritage. She's over 50% 50%, um, European. But you are British a little bit. Yeah. And then the rest African. That's right. (laughs) I, I did one of those things too. And it was very clear. It went like this. It said Nigeria was about 40%. Cameroon, mm-hmm. north of mm-hmm. about 30%. And then it was like, like 15% or so in a whole bunch of places in Europe, whether that was yeah. Ireland, England, or Scotland. It's probably where the Winston Wilson comes from, somewhere in that area. Mm-hmm. And then the ancestry traced where my family, like when did they go from that area, and you know, lineage-wise, to the Caribbean, which I thought was interesting. Right. Yeah, I always tell people I'm not 50 because I get asked all the time, you know, I'm not 50 percent of nothing and none of us are 100 percent of anything. (laughs) That is true. I think that any human being who took a test like that would not come out as 100 percent of anything. Right. (laughs) Except a child of God. Maybe maybe people, maybe Eskimos, (laughs) but everybody else, (laughs) but everybody else. No way. No way. It's been great to have you, British. Brit, Brit, Thanks you British. for having me. Phenomenal. I know. <laughs> it's a tongue twister. <laughs> you, you Thank are. you for having me. I will come back anytime you want. I look forward to getting more involved in creative cocktails and um, that two Rising Tides charity. That two-year mm-hmm. thing, I'm going to need your help on it. And But I already Bring I, it. I even need to ask because I know you're going to help us with it. I just know. Absolutely. Yeah, be awesome. So for those of you out there, make sure that you are being your creative self every single day. Make sure you take a moment every single day to paint that masterpiece. Even if it takes five minutes, 10 minutes, 30 minutes, just do it. Your Your time is super important. Make sure you do it. And let's all thank Bridget Roberts for joining us again today. Bridget, you are awesome. Take care, everyone.